What's up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation. Broadcasting back here in Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia. We are in the heart of Arlington County. Of course, that's Clarendon. Back again for episode 155. One double nickel. And to get us through this episode, I got just one of my co-hosts again across from me. It's Joanna E. Russo. Joanna, what's up? Uh, do you have plans this weekend? Uh, I'm sure I do, but I'm kind of a day-by-day guy. I'm oh. just trying to get so through the you day. So don't, you don't have like a big party planned for the royal wedding this weekend? No, I don't. No, I, I don't. Um, I... I, Do you know which royal I, I thought is getting it was, married? I, I, I did know one of the princes is getting married. Uh, he lives in Buckingham Palace, and it's a big deal. I thought it was Friday, though. I didn't think it was this weekend. I mean, I guess Friday is the weekend. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Saturday, oh. the 19th. <laughs> is it Harry? It's Harry, yeah. He's okay. uh, marrying an American. Yeah, that's a big deal. Um, isn't it every... Uh, woman's dream or little girl's dream to be a princess to marry <laughs> uh, i'm talking to the wrong crowd for that yeah, not <laughs> not for me it, i don't have uh, any like grand wedding yeah. uh, plans or anything like that yeah. either so uh, yeah but downtown you know the um the bar that they have on 7th street in dc that changes all the time mm-hmm. they have a, a theme right now for the royal wedding oh do they really yeah. I'm so not tuned into the royal wedding, but it's like big a big deal. And you're tuned in more than me, but I don't think you're as tuned in as many people out there who are really into it. Yeah. You know, if this bar is like all in on it, the Seventh Street bar that you're talking about, that's, the Seventh Street pop up bar, yeah. And yeah. there's like a big line every I mean, day. Yeah. Whew, that is that is something that I just cannot relate to, but. Good for them. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to a different wedding this weekend. Yes, so. our, our good friend um, Tripp's getting married. Yeah, a different type of royalty, I guess. Yeah, Tripp. Um, yeah, <laughs> a different type of royalty. Tripp and Veronica uh, on Saturday. So I guess you'll miss the uh, royal wedding because you'll be at their wedding. Yeah, I wonder if they knew that when they picked their date. <laughs> Tripp- I wonder if they got no's because some people had yeah. other plans. <laughs> I, I hope not. I hope not. I, 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 you know, Tripp and Veronica don't strike me as uh, folks who'd be really into the royal wedding. So I don't, I don't even know if that's on the radar. But congratulations to them. Yeah. Has Tripp been on this show before? No. Hey, Tripp, uh, our former footwear buyer, uh, longtime Pacers running employee, uh, is the uh, regional sales manager for New Balance. Uh, so he uh, sells us and many other running stores around here. New Balance running shoes and running apparel. Um, so he's tying the knot this weekend. He's also a really good local runner, always like high ranking in the runner rankings. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Tripp's a good friend of us. Sorry. He hasn't been on the show. He probably doesn't listen though. So, um, whatever. I shouldn't wish him well on his wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Only podcast listeners get good wishes on their wedding day. Well, uh, Dox is not here. Still, uh, gone wherever he goes, uh, for another week. Hopefully he'll be back next week. But we still have a big show to get to today, uh, Joanna. Uh, a number of, of topics that I'm excited about uh, to talking to you about. Uh, and our guest today is going to be the elite athlete director of the Pittsburgh uh, Marathon and Half Marathon. It's going to be Ryan Hogan is going to join us today on the program. He'll be on the phone. Is this your subtle way of telling me that I'm not a good elite coordinator? <laughs> let's, let's be honest here. Let's say exactly. Let's be honest. 
I'm just having him on, so you'll get some tips. I'll take some notes. <laughs> take some take some notes, because of course Joanna is our elite director for uh, the New Jersey Marathon and other uh, Pacers races mm-hmm. as well. So uh, yeah, so I, I expect you to have a uh, notepad out uh, and and take some take some notes. Uh, I guess it's recording, so you can listen back later. Uh, also on today's program. Uh, Two former guests, Worlds Collide, and I wonder if we played matchmaker in this. So by Worlds Collide, you mean they're dating? I, I, you know, I'll just tease it with that. Is this gossip or is this real? No, this is real. It's a really good thing. Are they really... Facebook official? <laughs> it's a really good... They are Facebook official. They really, truly are. Hmm. So uh, it really good thing. Um, you're, you're, you are still not on social media, are you? Because you probably would have seen this well i'm on instagram yeah it it was on on twitter so we'll talk about those worlds colliding and a really good thing Uh, i've got a where are they now of a former guest who is making his way across the country uh we also are going to talk about some of the fittest cities in america let's see where your city stacked up to uh compared to my city so this will you be mean a, DC versus Arlington. This will be a fun, fun game. Although Arlington's a county technically, but uh, they did make the ranks of one of the fittest cities in America. Uh, and then finally, um, we're going to talk about a marathoner who's put my streak to shame and the amount of three-hour marathons that he's done. And let's start there. Um, you brought this to my attention yesterday. Yeah, that there's somebody out there who has a streak going of sub three hour marathons that is now at uh, 30 years. So let's let's just paint this picture here. 30 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only does he have the streak going. Um, and he, in over 100 career marathons, he has never run one slower than three hours until Boston. Until Boston, right. Which, so now you know, there's an asterisk. Right. Well, Boston, we've, we've talked about many times, and I said last week was the last week, but obviously that's not going to happen. The weather was, was so bad that I would give him at least 15 minutes. Uh, so I'd say he was, if he, what did he run, 304 there? 304, So, so yeah. he was in th- uh, 249 shape there, I would say. All right, I'm going to butcher his name, but it, it's Mark Kukazella, I believe. Uh, he's the owner of Two Treads Running Store. I believe that's in West Virginia. Uh, it's, it really focuses on minimal running shoes. And the guy goes out and he runs sometimes barefoot. I've actually been in races with him, and he's been in front of me, even though he's a few years older than me, uh, as I continue to uh, realize how uh, my streak is nothing compared to his. Um, but he'll run barefoot. He'll run in sandals. I mean, he's he's pretty unbelievable. Um And he doesn't always run hard. He believes his longevity is because he runs easy. Yeah, he runs. He just coasts through uh, sub three hour marathons. Great. Uh, He also, um, I believe, he's a doctor of some some sort too. So, pretty impressive guy. Um, So the funny thing is, uh, if you Google sub three hour marathons on my Google, and I'm sure there's cookies everywhere, my streak comes up first. Mm-hmm. before his but his streak way more impressive well that's probably because you have more hits in the washington post right, article. Right, exactly probably because he doesn't tout his streak as much as i've touted mine so do you think that if he doesn't run a marathon under three hours that his running store will put on a race for him this year 
See, pro- probably not. So probably not. But Mark, if you're listening, we will put on a race for you. We know how to do it, and we will make sure we get you under three. Uh, I've got the Pacers. We've got the whole system. We've got the uh, course for you. Um, but I'm sure he'll be able to knock it out before then. Hopefully. But, but you know, the, the crazy thing about Mark's streak, too, I don't know if he would have actually realized he had the streak, right, had he not um, done the Boston Marathon above three hours. Because what I read, and I don't know, maybe you have the Let's Run.com article that we will tweet out, um, that, you know, it wasn't a thing that he was, like, actually counting or tracking but then once he started adding them all up, he realized, wow, I've got 30 years of this streak going. That's what it says that he didn't, he, he never ran without intention. But he also does like, he's running Comrades, which <laughs> so is. So he's just doing, right. Yeah, crazy. Comrades is like an ultra that's a test of like, not, not only just long distance running, but I think it's, you know, a stage race through the heat. It's all kinds of other well, obstacles. Well, so he's going to try to extend his streak at Marine Corps this year. Oh, okay. All right. So we'll, I'm sure he'll be able to knock it out at Marine Maybe Corps. he can come on the show when he's in town. Yeah, all right. We'll talk about it. We'll compare streaks. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about uh, any time. Maybe he can weigh in on the asterisk. <laughs> we'll talk about that as well. Uh, impressive uh, effort from, from Mark uh, to run 304 at Boston uh, in that weather. And I'm sure Marine Corps will be easily under three. Uh, so Mark Kukuzela, uh, a hundred career marathons, never won under slow, slower than three hours. See, this is why I'm really That's glad that my running streak is so easy. Cause like, <laughs> I just have to show up in Boston every year and complete the 5k. It doesn't matter how fast or slow. Well, I yeah, it. yes, but you were going to go and actually walk it, but you put some pressure on yourself. So the streak does just to get it done faster. Really? Uh, yeah. You, you probably haven't run since, but, but I uh, don't have to like hit a time goal. I just yeah, have to it's true. show just up. have to finish. The bar is very low. That's true. No, I, I agree. His streak uh, is, is I'm sure, going to be extended, even though he's, I believe, 52 years old. I think, uh, oh, yeah, 51, 52. 51, 52. So, and, and, and also, last thing about what's super impressive about his streak is, I mean, he's got like 220 marathons in there or 221 marathons or something like that. So his, PR is, is, his PRs are pretty impressive. And that was his 18th consecutive Boston Marathon. So... Anyways, well, he's got a lot of things going on. Yeah, he does. So we'll have to compare our streaks next year up in Boston with uh, with Mark. All right. Awesome stuff there. So next from a marathoner to an elite marathon and half marathon coordinator. Joanna, you know, the drill as those as that type of coordinator. Uh, Ryan Hogan, he just coordinated the U.S. championships. I believe it was the half marathon championships Mm -hmm. for both men and women in Pittsburgh. Yep. And he's going to join us next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Joanna, we are excited to be joined by the elite coordinator for the Pittsburgh Marathon and Half Marathon. It's Ryan Hogan. Ryan, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Hey, man. Thanks for making the time uh, for us this uh, Thursday afternoon. Now it's Thursday. We're gonna. We're this podcast will go out on on, on Monday. Um, and you just got through the Pittsburgh Marathon and Half Marathon, where you had the U.S. Championships a couple weeks ago. Um, but that isn't your only job. You're back at. Uh, you've got. You've got a full nine to five too, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of a. Uh 
a good juxtaposition with a lot of the elite athletes I work with. A lot of them have nine to five. Yeah. So we're all kind of it's the the elite athlete running industry is kind of a side business yep. in general. Very few get to do it full time. So I do consider myself lucky to to be in it at all. So, well, but no, yeah, back to another grind. Yeah, no, no doubt. And you got, I mean, well, you did have some of the best in the country. We'll talk about that. Who raced your race a couple weeks ago? Um, but so you've got a full-time job, you're the elite coordinator, you do another, uh, a number of things with the Pittsburgh, uh, series of events, but you also at one point had a podcast. I did. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I'll give, I'll give Nick a shout out. My buddy, Nick Scarpello, he's, he's out in California now and, um, he still works in the industry a little bit here and there. He's in marketing, but, uh, we went to Penn state and, uh, I had been doing some writing and uh, some freelancing. I was a journalism major up at Penn State, and he was a PR guy, and we both liked to run. And I remember one night we were at a social gathering, and he uh, he convinced me the next morning that we would go for this 10-mile run, and I was a club runner. Okay. So, like, not not a varsity runner. I did not run on the, the school-sponsored team. So he dropped me in, like, the first mile. Um <laughs> And uh, that ended up just being kind of like the discussion on our first podcast. We had it for like, I want to say two years, but wow. it was actually, it was, it was a lot of fun. I'll have to send you the link for it. It's called the Runner's Night Podcast, or, you know, based in State College. We actually had a pretty decent uh, elite running in State College. Brian Sell was a recurring guest yeah. on our show. He was getting his doctorate yeah. at the time. Uh, so, and we, you know, we had some, some pretty fun episodes i suppose yeah brian sell uh i know what it's about yeah brian sell uh olympian in 2008 um kind of out of nowhere well uh, sort of out of nowhere but he's 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 a great guy and then i thought he was going to be a dentist was that it that was a thing at one point for him and then it was some i I don't actually know what he does i should text him yeah but it's like something with science and microbiology or something all right well here, here's here's the deal he's he is i'm sure he was a great guest it's it's a it's grind fun. as you know to get a podcast out every single week uh we've got one co-host who isn't here today and we've been doing it for a little over three years so maybe you just send us some of your old material and we'll just <laughs> <laughs> we'll just we'll just use that for a weekly we, show i wonder if people would go. notice change the name we could resurrect it yeah, yeah. i'll yeah. send you some yeah send I'll me some stuff and uh you know, because it does get tiring uh, doing. No, we love we love doing it. I'm sure you guys did too. Yeah, yeah, uh, um, very cool. Well, Ryan, I I have some alternative motives here. Uh, I'm glad you went to Penn State because Joanna uh, also went to Penn State, so you guys can relate on that. But also, Joanna is our elite coordinator for the New Jersey Marathon and the New Jersey Half Marathon. So this call is basically to get uh, you know some tips of the trade here for her. As uh, we, it's Chris's subtle way of saying he doesn't think I'm doing a good job. <laughs> no, she did. She did. She did a great job. I mean, you didn't run the U.S. championships, but you did. You did a great job. She had. She had our, our marathon. Our top marathon finisher uh, was shirtless. Um, so that that tells you, uh, no singlet, sh- shirtless. Where was the bib? Was it on the shorts? On the shorts, yeah. On the shorts, long yeah. shorts. Okay. At uh, least there was a bib. Yeah, yeah there was a bib. There We've never a, done a marathon before. Yeah. But, you know, you, your elites generally have singlets and look the part, but our elite, uh, yeah, he, he looked like he had basketball shorts on and um, a bib taped to his, or pinned to his shorts, but hey. It's also New Jersey. It's a little lawless <laughs> in true. New Jersey. That's true. 
Um, so yeah, that sounds pretty Jersey. <laughs> Ryan, so very successful um, uh, race a couple weekends ago. Kind of tell tell us what you do as the elite uh, athlete coordinator. Yeah, um, a lot. So <laughs> the the race organization, uh, the event company is called P3R, which is a a fancy 2018 way of saying the legal name, which is Pittsburgh Three Rivers Marathon Incorporated. So they do more than the marathon, but mm-hmm. that's obviously the big, the big one. Um, but a lot of their races have, over the years, uh, you know, afforded themselves to, to put together a little elite athlete budget. So we have four races throughout the year that incorporate elite athlete fields into them. Um, so we have the marathon, the half marathon. We have the GNC uh, Livewell Liberty Mile, which is in the summer, July 20th this year, mm-hmm. um, which is actually the second largest prize purse for a street mile in the country. So that's that's a fun one. And then we have the ETC Pittsburgh 10 Miler in the fall. Um, so I, for that, for all those races, um, from initial contact with athletes and athlete representation, coaches as well, um, pretty much all the way up until they get on the plane home and then making sure they get paid after the race. Everything in between, um, I manage that or you know, manage the people that manage that. So um, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of different aspects to it. Um, there was actually, coincidentally enough, I don't. I kind of live in the shadows and I prefer it that way, mm-hmm. but for whatever reason, last week in, in Pittsburgh, or I guess two weeks ago now, uh, they... Like, I guess they, like, ran out of people to go on TV. So I, like, went on TV, <laughs> and then there was, like, someone, like, wrote a newspaper article about it. Anyway, they, they called me some, like, so he's, like, a travel agent and, like, a mom. I'm, like, a mom. That's what they call me now. <laughs> so I kind of I kind of feel like that. Um, and obviously that's a, a very respectful comment to all the, the hardworking moms out Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Hey, that's it's, not a bad. A I mean, that's not a bad description of what you kind of do. I, I don't. I, my my wife is a, is a mom, and I think that um, she makes sure that my son gets from well, not on the plane, but basically to daycare yeah. and back and uh, everything in between. So that's kind of what you're doing. Yeah, but it's kind of a little bit of everything. I mean, there's there's definitely you know legal work, you know, building contracts for some top athletes. There's you know hospitality. Um, you know, catering, there's logistics and operations because we have to, you know, there's this big race going on, but then we have, albeit I consider it a big group in the grand scheme of things, a pretty small group of people, but they're, you know, we treat them like VIPs, so we have to make sure that, you know, road closures and everything. It's kind of like being a race director of like a little race within a race, so it's So cool. how did how did you get involved in elite coordination? Yeah, I have kind of a fun story with that. So since you went to Penn State, and I'm hopeful that many of your listeners did as well. Oh, God, um, I can't stand it. You probably have heard of the... uh, (laughs) They're obnoxious. uh, There's a little... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, well, thanks, Chris. No, I shouldn't offend Um, them. You're right. You're right. Go ahead. (laughs) You're fine. Yeah. Um, So there's a big big to-do up at Penn State area. It's called the Dance Marathon, and there is money for uh, the, the four dime fund but they, they one of their large fundraisers right? yeah Thon that's right mm-hmm. so um, they have a 5k every fall it's called the Thon 5k it's one of their bigger fundraisers for the event and um, coincidentally enough I was training uh, for the Pittsburgh Marathon um, or actually I think it was a half marathon mm-hmm. uh, at the time, still in the fall, but I was, you know, up in my mileage. I was in the middle of a long run, and then I did the 5K in the middle. Um, 
and I'm running the 5K, and I guess I look like I was like training for something because some guy runs up next to me. He's like, oh, you like taking it easy today or something? So anyway, I struck up a conversation with this guy. I ended up being a professor, uh, employee in the College of Business up at school, and um, we exchanged info after the race. Huh. And he's like, let's just get together sometime for lunch and just like talk running. And of course, you know, being 19 year old me at the time was like, yeah, obviously let's do it. <laughs> so, um, meet this guy for lunch and he's like, do you have an internship lined up this summer? And I'm, at the time I was actually, I, I wanted to work in the running industry and I was kind of going through some things with runners world, maybe like talking with them about some internship opportunities. So I didn't really have anything. And he's like, have you ever thought about working for, you know, like an event organizer? And he, Facebook messaged his buddy that worked for the Pittsburgh Marathon, and I had an interview the next week. Wow, and, uh, that's cool. He came there for summer intern, so I guess for that kind of history, but um, that's kind of how I got started in the role, and the first summer I was there, kind of got thrown to the wolves a little bit. They, there was a girl there uh, named Kelly. She was doing the professional athlete side of things, and they were gearing up that summer for the, the Liberty Mile. And, you know, I knew a lot about the professional side of the sport, but naturally I wasn't going to just take her job. But we were also conveniently hosting the Masters One Mile mm-hmm. Road Championship that summer. And my high school coach happened to be, like, the best Masters miler in the country at the time. Huh. So they asked me if I could coordinate this Masters field. Um, so I kind of just texted my coach and said, hey, can you help me out? And we ended up having, like, Magdalena Boulay making her Masters debut. She won the women's mile. Um, and then Nick, my coach, came on the men's mile. But uh, that was kind of my, my big project that first summer. And then after I graduated, they asked me to come back on full-time. Well, a lot of our listeners so. probably don't know. Um, we, we don't have as many elites on this program probably as you did on your podcast. A lot of our listeners don't know the Magdalena Boulez of the world. Um, but uh, they, they probably do know uh, some of the other names that you had at your race uh, a, a couple weeks ago, uh, you, you had Sarah Hall, which was, was awesome. You had Chris Derrick, and you had Gwen Jorgensen, right? Yeah, yeah. Gwen made her uh, half marathon debut, which was a lot of fun. We were really excited that it uh, worked out. The mm-hmm. stars kind of aligned in her training, and she was able to, to come out and, and put up a good fight against the competitive field. Yeah, and she's a former, I mean, just being a former triathlete, that's uh, pretty impressive. And I want to say you had uh, Samantha Bluski, uh, who uh, helped me, pace me in my last, uh, or my marathon attempt in, in December. She is uh, the fiancé of, of my wife's assistant coach. That that probably doesn't make a lot of sense, but anyway, I think I followed that. Yeah, I love I love Sam. So she was in there, and she uh, so you 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 uh, uh, helped manage her, and she was sixth place, and I know she had a great time out yeah, there. Yeah, it was a great uh, great time hosting her, and she's actually I think right now maybe top ten. I mean it's early, but you know as far as marathon trials qualifying time, she's right up there on that list. So yeah. definitely a great great teacher for her yeah, she her. is she is really really cool and uh, again like i said helped me pace in a marathon uh last december uh you also had a local uh, bethany and you're gonna have to help me with her last name she was 10th overall uh she's a coach here at george mason and does a number of pacers races 
she's gonna kill me, but I, I don't know how to pronounce it. Last <laughs> it's like Scal sc- Scalabin. I don't know. Joanna, can you can you take? Uh, she's not gonna. I only do Italian last names. <laughs> <so. laughs> oh, so, sorry, Bethany. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Bethany. But she she ran awesome at uh, one fourteen thirty three. So these these athletes you mentioned earlier. I mean, they're some of them are um, full time runners, but. A lot of them aren't, right? So you're dealing with a, the, the spectrum of all different uh, of folks who have different professions and different jobs and families and kids and like Gwen has. And, you know, it's it's kind of it runs the gamut, right? It does. Yeah. And and some, you know, everyone has their, their different needs and their, you know, we'll call them wants and needs. Um, and we, we try to cater to those as best we can. I think we had about 140 elite athletes across two races two weekends ago. Mm-hmm. So and it's not just me doing this. I have some help, but uh, it, it is a lot. And the athletes, you know, they, they deal with a lot. There were definitely kids in the hospitality suite at, at varying points and, you know, family members and, and coaches. Everyone has their little entourage. So These athletes, um, you know, they're competing for – a pretty good prize purse, you said, right? I mean, that that's not typical um, to have that much money. Number one and number two, it's the USATF half marathon championships. Like, how do you get so much prize money, and how do you get to be the U.S. champs? Yeah, I mean, I can't tell you all my secrets, Chris, <laughs> but um, no, we we were very fortunate to to have budgeted for and. To have been, you know, we, we went through the bid process with USA Track and Field for the championships. They were in Columbus uh, the two years prior on the same weekend. And as the elite coordinator in Pittsburgh, it would always drive me crazy that I couldn't get people to come to my race. They were going to Columbus. So we said, well, let's, let's throw our, you know, name in the hat, if mm-hmm. you will. And, uh, you know, USA Track and Field loved that weekend for the event. And, we were able to put together a nice package to get it. Um, you know, from the money standpoint, we, we definitely have some good partnerships with Visit Pittsburgh, um, our tourism agency, and then the Sports Pittsburgh arm of that that helped us, uh, you know, be able to have one of the best prize purses for a half marathon in the country this year. So, so that they uh, are competing for a lot of money, and you've got – do you have one start or do you have two – do you have a women's only start, or is it, is it just one start? Yeah, so Alphine Suleymuk, our, our champion, the national champion at Half Marathon this year, was very excited when she heard that we were starting the men and the women together uh-huh. uh, because, you know, they get to kind of run and do some drafting. Uh, we, we settled on a, on a mixed-gender start for the Half Marathon. The half, we do start at 10 minutes before the marathon because okay. we have a full marathon, and we don't want to, you know, it's a standalone event at the U.S. Championship, and we don't want to mess the integrity of that event. But, um, you know, logistically from that directive didn't really come from me as much as, as other folks on our team, but you know, it made the most sense to start the battle. So could yeah, you right. run into the same problem that Boston ran into where they had finishers, you know, f- who were in the main start actually beat the times of some of the elites? Or do you have all mixed start of the half marathon starting all at once? Yeah, so we have pretty uh, strict rules for our prize money. Um, and I mean, it's, it's good. That's a good question because, um, there's kind of two answers. Answer number one is this year and next year we're hosting the U S half championships. And, you know, if I have my say, we'd like to host it, you know, going forward, it was a great event. Um, but that's a standalone event. It's invitation only. There's qualifying standards. Um, so that's pretty, pretty buckled down Mm -hmm. and pretty segmented from everything else. And we've, 
you know, attached a prize purse to that invitational event. So um, unless you are invited and listed on the that start list, you wouldn't be eligible for that event prize money. Um, now, on the flip side, in the past, when we've had um, the half marathon, that's just our UPMC uh, health plan half marathon, um, and we start the elites 10 minutes ahead, yeah, if someone, you know, results are based on gun time, that's a big rule of ours, but if someone was to eclipse into the prize money um, that started in the way, you know, Corral A that starts 10 minutes later, we would, of course, pay out their money. Yeah, oh, very cool. Accordingly. Very, very, so, very cool. All right, so you yeah. mentioned you mentioned that you um, are kind of like uh, doing a little bit of everything. Um, I, I'm visioning for for these athletes. I'm visioning like you know requests uh, in the green room, like these some some celebrities have. Like I don't know, they want certain color skittles or something like that. Do you get requests like that? And what's kind of the craziest request that you'll get from some of these athletes? You don't need to name names, but give us some. Oh, I couldn't name names. <laughs> I, I I can't. Um, I mean, I, I won't get anything, anything like too specific, yeah. but, and, and it comes from all levels, you know, sure. and, you know, sometimes you, you have to be cordial with them because, you know, sometimes there's athletes that have seen things at different races and I'm just like, oh, you know, it's not really an option here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, th- there's always your, your standard roommate requests. We, we often, you know, we room athletes together, not in the same bed, right. just separate <laughs> right. beds. Right. Same room, um, you know, the same gender, but, right. you know, that allows us to keep our field size up mm-hmm. um so they get the roommate requests um you know there's some people that that want their own airport ride right um you know their own course tour and, and you know things like that or you know everyone's got their entourage like i said so it's, you know, how many credentials can we can we give you and your your entourage your whole family but of entourage for the yeah. most part they're yeah for the most part they're pretty harmless and uh, you know, I, I do pride myself on, on adaptability and flexibility, so it's rare that we we turn something down. I don't want any elite athletes looking to this thing that I'm going to, like, honor your ridiculous request. But, um, <laughs> right. Well, but, I, I'd, but, yeah. say, I'd say for the most part, I mean, that doesn't doesn't surprise me. I was hoping you'd give us something juicy, but... Um, well, I don't, I'm trying to think. Like, I don't really have... Yeah. Oh, man. I mean... I th- I'd say for the most part, runners are pretty reasonable. Comes to me, I'll throw it in. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd say runners are, are are fairly reasonable and and not like uh, spoiled or entitled for the most part. Um, I agree with that. I think they're very. You know, we find that folks are usually very gracious. Yeah. Uh, and you know, we we don't ask any of our elite athletes to pay for entry fees. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're accepted into our elite athlete field. That's a guarantee for you. You have access to our private gear check, our warm-up facilities, our you know recovery tent at the finish line that's medically staffed as well. So there's a lot of perks that come along with it that we're able to offer, even just as a baseline. Um, and then you know we can we can go up from there as far as you know other perks as well. So I, I think most people are, are very grateful for that. Do you uh, offer um, spots for celebrity podcasting hosts, like maybe me, me or <laughs> yes. Joanna? Or, or is it just Absolutely. elite athletes? Or, or are there VIPs that you uh, cater to, to, to as well? Uh, not that I'm saying Listen, we're VIPs. If you but. want to come up and run the race, I will I will make sure that you are properly taken care of. All right. See, this is, this is my back way of, of asking without really asking, you know. But uh, I really appreciate it. I'm probably going to take You it. should. And we have so many DC runners that yeah. come up. For our events, not only from like a competitive side, yeah. but you know, just from a 
a general participant side. And I actually, I work every year on the elite athlete operation at the Cherry Blossom 10 Mile. Okay. Um, and I'm, I'm always seeing familiar faces. And there's always, we have a, the P3R sponsors a running club called Steel City Roadrunners. And I see their jerseys everywhere down there. So there's a lot of like back and forth. I think the two cities are, you know, pretty accessible from a, from a driving standpoint. I, mean, I think it's like four hours almost, but. Well, I got they got this information from Charlie Ban, who uh, works for us uh, on the podcast a little he's bit. He's a troublemaker. <laughs> yes, yeah. and he's from Pittsburgh. He said, there's new speed limits on the Pennsylvania Turnpike, and now you can get to Pittsburgh in three and a half hours. Is Do you know that, or is that is that uh, not true? You know, he, that is true. The speed limit did go up to 70, okay. although I will say I-70 can be uh, hit or miss, because I've made the drive before. So mm-hmm. if you can make it, to 76 from D.C., you're, you're smooth sailing the rest of the way. Well, I'm glad you mentioned, um, you know, some of the locals who, who do run the marathon uh, and, and half marathon. I'll tell you, from a marathon perspective, Charlie did run the numbers for us, and it was 101 in 2017 locals, uh, 128 in 2018. Uh, you know, talk about, I know you don't necessarily, you're not the race director, but kind of talk about the course, the half marathon, the marathon. What does Pittsburgh have to offer? Yeah. Um, first of all, hi, Charlie. I feel like I need to give him a shout-out because he kind of connected <laughs> Yes, us. he did. So um, thank you for connecting us, Charlie. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Charlie's a good guy. Yeah. Um, you know, from my perspective, you're saying some of those numbers, I think they seem a little low. I'm, I'm well, the half marathon is going to be a lot bigger. Uh, I just he, sure. he only gave me the, the, the marathon statistics. Okay. Um, up your game, yeah. Charlie. Up your game. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean uh, – the half marathon, you're right, is where we see bigger numbers. Uh, it's just, I can't even, like, there's definitely people that are better at selling Pittsburgh than I am, which mm-hmm. is funny because it's my job to sell Pittsburgh <laughs> right. to top athletes. Um, but it's such a cool city. Like, right. um, you mentioned Gwen Jorgensen earlier. She um, is obviously pretty high caliber. She has a travel team that travels with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of her guys that runs her YouTube channel was there, and he was emailing me after the race, like, man, I just fell in love with Pittsburgh. That's awesome. It is picturesque. It is quirky. You know, people compare it to Portland, and I hate that, but, like, the food <laughs> scene is pretty good. Uh, similar to Portland, if you've ever been there. Um, it's it's just awesome. And uh, I think we have a course, both half and full marathon, that really showcase that. You run across five bridges, um, you know, all the streets are closed, the traffic. It definitely is that big city marathon vibe, um, you know, like a New York, like a Boston or a Chicago. But, um, and the crowds are just as good as well, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but then you kind of have that small town feel, uh, you know, as well, which uh, I think is just a perfect harmony. And uh, people caught on pretty quick. The first year we brought the marathon back in 2009, I think there were 10,000 runners thrown at the you know, having 40,000 plus participants in our weekend of events. Uh, and that's just one weekend every year. Wow. So, that's a um, ton of people. yeah, come check it out. It's, yeah. it's sweet. We have just as many bridges as New York and they're yellow. Wow. <laughs> so that's so, cool. Everything is black and gold in uh, Pittsburgh. And do you know why that is, Joanna? That's right. Is this a sports thing? Yeah, it's a sports thing. Oh, uh, Steelers colors, oh, Steelers, Pirates colors. Yeah, yeah. They're fanatical about their sports teams. But uh, I'll say, Ryan, it is probably pretty hilly there, right? You know, um, our course director would be mad at me if I used the word hill. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So he calls them grade. Okay. Um, but, um, you know, the, the bridges are, are slight grades. 
and um, there is a fairly sizable uh, incline. There's a split on the course, so the half's a full split. Full. They go on for another couple hours of torture, and the half wraps up. But um, there's a pretty sizable, I'll call it a hill. Sorry, right. Gary. Um, yep. Call it a hill. It's pretty big, up Forbes Avenue, running up to the uh, University of Pittsburgh campus. And uh, that's a tough one. But it is a downhill finish, so if you're able to run the course well, full marathon, um, and you can really negative split well. I'm, I'm going to take. You sold me, man. You 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 sold yourself short. I'm, you've sold yeah. me on it. And hey, the half is it. pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. half is pretty quick. Um, there was a there was a again. I'll call it a hill. There was a hill at the end of the half. Yeah. Um, but we cut that out uh, two years ago in preparation for hosting the, the national championships. And um, I'm hopeful. It, it's such a it's a tough city with construction, so there seems to always be a little tweaks here and there with our course. So I'm hopeful we can keep that change. Um, especially because on the elite side this year, we really saw some fast time. So, so, so you said that you, you just celebrated 10 years since kind of restarting the race, um, since 2008 or 2009, right? Um, that's right. What, yep. what, I mean, did, did the race not exist before that? Like, how do you go yeah. from like zero to all of a sudden you're the, one of the biggest races in the world? Yeah. Um, so there was a Pittsburgh marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, organized and sponsored primarily by the city of Pittsburgh, uh, okay. and then UPMC uh, had a big part in it as well. I'm in, you know, I apologize, I wasn't around back then, so sure. it's kind of just based on things I've heard, but um, a pretty vibrant running scene in Pittsburgh, you know, back in the day, I'll call it, uh, but they hosted two Olympic trials, 88 and 2000, wow. um, and the, the marathon, um, from what I understand, there was some funds lost. Um, at one point, and I believe it was like 2003, maybe that was or 2002. That was it went away. Um, there was no longer a marathon, and um, there's a really. I mean, I won't get into it too much, but there's a really good story. Actually, I, I emailed you uh, the media guide. So there's mm-hmm. a good story in there about how Patrice, Gary, who I mentioned, uh, Gary's actually been around the longest. Our course director, he he drew up the Olympic trials courses for both of those races I mentioned. You know and all the other Pittsburgh marathons he's been doing it for years. But, you know, there were a few key folks that kind of said, this is ridiculous. We need to have a marathon. There's nothing that brings the city together like a marathon. And they kind of had this vision and uh, put a lot of money on their personal credit cards. And <laughs> That's how it, these things it, it go, man. It's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's a great it's story. It's really incredible, and we're all grateful to them for believing in the city of Pittsburgh. And I think now, finally, the city of Pittsburgh believes in the marathon. So it's it's awesome. No doubt, man. So there's other events that you're involved with uh, that the P3R uh, puts on, right? And are, are you personally involved? Liberty Mile, there's a 10-miler. Uh, what else do you do with the, with, with this group? Yeah, so I uh, I don't live in Pittsburgh right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I was there, I was more involved with – I also did marketing for them. And, you know, we have a whole plate of events. We do the Steelers, Penguins. Pirates races, we do the City of Pittsburgh Great Race, which is a very historical race that I'm trying to get elite athletes into, mm-hmm. uh, so stay tuned on that. But they, they have, there's an airport run, um, you know, but the races that I work on for P3R are uh, the 10-miler, the mile, and then the half and the full. Okay. So, uh, all good options. And those are my favorites. Yeah, yeah. All, all good <laughs> All good options, and again, it's only three and a half hours from from DC for our listeners uh, to to check That's out. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and the next one, the Liberty Mile, it's so much fun. It's, yeah. I think it's 
I hate to say it, but I think it's my favorite. Um, it's just kind of, we call it this like pop-up event. We mm-hmm. shut down two major streets in like the heart of the city on a Friday night. And we, we run heaps from like 6.30 to 8 o'clock. And the pros go last. And it's, it's just insane. The streets are lined with people. And oh, then we awesome. have like pretty much all the bars, restaurants downtown offer discounts people that wear their race did in so it's just kind of like a big downtown oh, that's a great you can make a whole weekend, happy hour weekend of it oh that's yeah it. so what uh what what time of year is liberty mile uh this year is july 20th okay so awesome it's typically dependent on the pittsburgh pirate schedule right we haven't uh we're not at the marathon level with that race yet so we can't really control you can't control um, mlb at this point no that's right we <laughs> cannot so uh, it is it is kind of based on that yeah. and this year, July twentieth is when it's going to be, and it's like pretty cheap too. I think it's like fifteen bucks right now to wow. get in. So, if you're wow. looking to come to Pittsburgh, yeah, that's that, fun. That that's sounds like a, that sounds like the one to do. And and you know, road miles are hard to find, so that is very cool. Um, yeah, it's a fun one. So, uh, you know, kind of in, in, in closing here, Ryan, what were you most proud of of uh, this past weekend, uh, uh, past couple weekends, where you executed such a such a great event? Like, tell me some things that you were most proud of uh, that you and your team were able to do. Yeah, um, you know, I, I'm definitely most proud of the people that that work for me race weekend. Mm-hmm. So there's about I have a team of about let's call it ten people that are in pretty key roles and they, they really give up a lot of themselves, you know, that weekend specifically to, to make the race happen. So, you know, I was really proud of those folks. A lot of them have been, you know, working with me for a number of years and, you know, this was the first time that we really kind of had the eyes of the elite athlete running industry, you know, that very niche segment, yeah. but there were, you know, there were definitely a lot of, lot more VIPs in town, a lot more people there. A lot of pressure, man. Um, seriously. Yeah, I don't believe in pressure, but um, but they did a great job, and they they make me look good, which is unfortunate because they're kind of the people, you know, I set up all the stuff, and I'm like, here's what we need to do, yep. and then they make it happen, so I was really proud of those folks, and um, I was really proud of the, you know, just how hospitable we were able to be to the athletes, because uh, that's obviously our number one goal. So the customer's always right, is what they say in retail, and the athlete's always right, yep. is what I say, so I think we we accomplished that goal and then certainly as a as a bonus to that we were able to put together some really quality races that um, really got people energized so yeah and fast time i mean relatively fast times too which was really cool to see yeah it was quick i was pretty stoked about that you never know i always say it's kind of like it's like directing a movie but you don't know the plot you just Mm kind of you know is what you do so we kind of we kind of put the kids on the school bus that morning and we you know then you see him at the finish line right so you, you can't control how it plays out but i don't think we could have asked for, for um you know four better races um on, on well, my, my brother and, and sister-in-law used to live in Squirrel Hill, and they miss it every single day. Uh, Squirrel Hill is in Pittsburgh, so they love Pittsburgh. I didn't make it there in three and a half hours when I go visit them mm-hmm. and my nieces, but uh, it is a very cool city. So uh, I think you did a, a good job of, of, of not, not only talking about the elites, but selling the, the, the city and the, uh, and the other events that you're part of. So uh, well, well done. Thanks. Uh, Joanna was feverishly, feverishly taking notes. I think you got some, <laughs> get some good notes, Joanna. Yeah, sure did. Yes. Awesome. All right. 
That's Ryan Hogan. He is the elite coordinator of the Pittsburgh Marathon, a half marathon that happened a couple weeks ago. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us, man. Thank you guys for having me. I uh, really appreciate it. Love what you're doing. And uh, hope to talk to you soon. Yeah, man, definitely. Hope to talk to you soon, too. There he goes, Ryan Hogan of the Pittsburgh Half Marathon and Marathon. He joined us on Pace the Nation. We're going to take a quick break and be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks again to Ryan Hogan from the Pittsburgh Marathon and Half Marathon. He is, of course, the elite uh, race director for them. Uh, he's on a social media hiatus. So again, it. another thing you guys are like simpatico on, yeah. like <laughs> like lockstep. Um, so uh, I would promote his twitter but uh i don't know it, it's not worth it, it's, not worth it. it's about as worth it's, it's about as worth us uh promoting your twitter handle that is non-existent so uh but ryan was great and you you got some you took some good notes so yeah. you're, you're ready to go you you are starting to feel really self-conscious about uh <laughs> well i don't do a course preview for new jersey yeah. i like figure that they can do it on their own yeah i'm like oh maybe i gotta like do a course preview yeah it's flat you run along the water like, <laughs> exactly go for a walk on the beach you'll see exactly the course. yeah um yeah well they they have uh they've got next level kind of budget and stuff like that to do so uh, oh does my budget get bigger next year <laughs> I don't know. You have talked to Kathy and Hillary on that one. That is out of my out of my realm for sure. Uh, no, thanks again to Ryan uh, Hogan for joining us. Uh, fun interview. Uh, we'll tweet out all the particulars on the Pittsburgh Marathon, but definitely check out their series of events, uh, especially that road mile. Sound like it was uh, something you can't miss. July twentieth. Um, awesome stuff there. All right, so. I mentioned that uh, the list of the fittest cities in America came out. Um, I'll tell you this. <sighs> Pittsburgh wasn't one of them, which is kind of surprising that Pittsburgh wasn't one of them. And I was looking at this um, uh, article from USA Today, um, and I, I, I consider Pittsburgh as a, uh, as a, a, a fit city. Um, they didn't make the bottom five, and I'll tell you who the bottom five is before we get to the top five. Um, and some of these others I would consider to be a, a, a pretty fit city as well. Um, Pittsburgh was 36th, um, and we just talked about Pittsburgh, so I wanted to, to mention that, of course. Um, but the bottom five, Toledo, Ohio, Detroit, Louisville, Kentucky, Indianapolis, number 99. Huh. In Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I think these are the same five cities that we talked about the last time <laughs> we talked about Maybe this Maybe they don't even redo the list. I don't know. Maybe they don't well, redo. Toledo sounds new, but yeah. Oklahoma City, Louisville, and Indianapolis so, all sound right. Because so, remember, we were like, oh, but they have that huge 5K. Yeah, and it is kind of, it's not totally clear what they're basing this on. I'll tell you what, the index ranks a variety of criteria from health behaviors, chronic diseases, to community infrastructure, and the 100 largest cities. So they picked the 100 largest cities, and uh, those are the factors. I, I don't know how they're measured, but um, I, you know what? I don't really care because I like the results. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Pittsburgh's 36. It's not too bad, but they're not in the top 10. Uh, I'll tell you the top five. 
uh, and we'll see where your city came um, versus mine. Okay. Of course, your city, Washington, D.C., mine, Arlington, even though it's a county. Uh, number five, Portland, Oregon. Okay. Okay, that makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, number four, Madison, Wisconsin. You ever been to Madison, Wisconsin? Mm-mm. No. Uh, it's cold there. I just, I don't it know. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah. You probably, you're going to book a flight there soon. Uh, all right, so you like Madison, Wisconsin. Number three, Washington, D.C. Okay, where was Washington last year? I, I don't know. See, okay. these are questions that I should have. We on should hand. have a chart in the office. <laughs> we should. We should have a chart here. Uh, number two. We've had the mayor of this uh, this city on our podcast. Oh, Minneapolis. Minneapolis, Minnesota. Were they first last year? I feel like the last time we talked about this, they were first. Okay, right? you could your 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 memory is better than mine. Uh, can somebody tweet us at Pace the Nation? Let us know what last year's list was. Yeah, do some research. <laughs> um, and the number one city in America. Oh, it's got to be Arlington. <laughs> Arlington, Virginia. <sighs> even though it's not a city, uh, I was very proud of that. Uh, Arlington, Virginia, the number one city. In terms of fitness rankings, uh, so uh, you know, I, I guess I was excited and a little bit surprised. But when you think about it, not really surprised. Uh, you know, there's um, a lot of great things about Arlington that would make it uh, a fit city. You know, in terms of places where you can run, access to you know uh, good parks, trails, stuff like that. Uh, people with the fitness mindset, I think, live here. Um, I would be curious to know the, great running stores. Yeah, yeah. great running. I <laughs> would be curious to know that what they they base, like what are the factors that go yeah. into how people see. If my base. city didn't win, I probably would be trying to find that out too. But yeah, when you win, it's kind of like all right, we'll take it. Um, I was asked by Arlington now uh, what, why this year Arlington won. I couldn't. I literally couldn't. I, I literally, literally couldn't. Pacers come. inspired more runners. That's why. <laughs> I should have said that. But um, our friends over at Arlington now, Anna Murad interviewed me and a few other um, uh, folks from Arlington. Um, and I, I just, you know, I said medium house income, uh, you know, high education, uh, trails, stuff like that. Uh, I also said that there is. Uh, uh, probably 10 times the amount of fitness studios around here versus when we opened 14 years ago, at least 10 times the amount of, so the access to be able to, to get fit trainers, stuff like that. Um, I think that factors too, but I do want to say running store should be, (laughs) should be the number one, uh, number one factor. So, uh, fittest city in America, DC number three, but Arlington number one. Uh, so that For was, now. Really, was really, really exciting. All right. You actually don't know this. Uh, I don't think the two former guests who were whose worlds collided. Um, and there was a question whether we played matchmaker. Uh, our friend Kellen Sung, who congratulations, has a new gig as the uh, sports director, I believe is, is the term, at the, the, at the Washington City Paper. Yeah. So congratulations to Kellen on his new gig uh, after leaving a great career at the Washington Post. Uh, he tweeted into the uh, podcast the other day, right after our friend Sarah Sellers signed with Ultra. Oh. He said, did... Pacers uh, Running's podcast, Pace the Nation, play matchmaker. Did they help kind of make that happen? Because we had Sarah. Yeah. A week later, we had the founder of Ultra, Golden Harper. Huh. So she recently, this week, signed with Ultra. So very exciting. Um, oh, so I thought it meant the two guests like, I know. got no. together. <laughs> I know. You're so disappointed. 
That, I mean, I'm really happy for Sarah. I did yeah. listen to that show, yeah. and it was a great show, yeah. even though I wasn't on it. And I know, I know what a phone is. Um, but I am very happy. For I Sarah. forgot we talked about that. That's right. I right. glad you clarified. Uh, yes, uh, very cool that she signed with Ultra. I think that's a great relationship, and she'll do great stuff with Ultra. So yeah, she uh, well deserved, um, and they're going to take good care of her. Uh, I'm sure. So that was that was really cool. But I, you know what? To answer Kellen's question. We can't take credit for it. I think it was just sort of random, um, and you know, it's great. But it yeah. was it was sort of random that they were on back to back weeks, and then they ended up, uh, you know, kind of striking a deal uh, for her to run for ultra. This podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with five area DC locations. Pacers Running is for every run. We've got some great races coming up. Uh, we've got the Beer Mile. You know, I, I wanted to mention the beer mile was very similar issues that um, we deal with with the Nats that he deals with with the Pirates playing yep. for the Liberty Mile. So uh, we have to go on an all we- off weekend for the uh, for the Nats. Uh, that's coming up. Do you know the date of that? August 11th. August 11th for the beer mile. Uh, sooner than that, we have the Crystal City uh, Twilight 5K. That will be July 20th. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can still sign up for that. That's a Saturday night race. Awesome, awesome event. Uh, we've been doing that for over 10 years, and it's, uh, you know, it's one of the highlights of the summer every year. And then Wayfarers, Saturday, June 2nd, is coming up. So still time to sign up for that race. Uh, really excited about this half marathon. New concept for us, Joanna. Um, it's, uh, I've described it, and I know that, Heather and Lisa and Kathy probably don't like my description, but I've uh, described it sort of as uh, more of a festival, more of a spiritual type journey than than, than just a road race. Yeah, um, that makes it sound a little like it's a cult. <laughs> no, okay, <laughs> so maybe not. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not it's not wild wild country, which I just started <laughs> watching on Netflix. Okay, um, but it's it's I think a race that is not just the race. It, yeah. it's the whole journey of trying to train or accomplish a goal, and right. and the whole uh, journey of being a runner. Yeah, so it's not like elite times aren't aren't necessarily the only things rewarded. It's if you beat your goal or if you accomplish your goal, mm-hmm. there's patches. Who doesn't love patches? There are patches. You, you get a really cool bag. Yes. And you uh, you have patches on your, your uh, backpack, which I think is really cool. Patches are coming back. Maybe they never left. I don't think they ever left. Okay. <laughs> they're, they're very cool. So Wayfair's uh, Saturday, June 2nd. So check that out. Runpacers.com. It's got all the information there. All right, former guests, where are they now? Uh, Tom Griffin is still traveling across the country. Uh, and he sent me a postcard. This is actually like a where are they now, like location. Yeah, exactly, where are they now? Exactly. This is actually a physical location. Um, this is from, he, the postcard is from San Antonio, uh, but it says day 117 from Johnson City, Texas. So this was 427. So this was a couple weeks ago when he was in Johnson City, Texas. And he wrote me a nice postcard. Very cool. People actually still can write handwritten postcards and mail them to you so uh very cool thank you uh tom for that um so you can follow him on facebook he's got a podcast uh mywalkinglife.com and my walking life is the podcast uh which i really i really enjoy uh the podcast i wish he would just put out more episodes for me though (laughs) but uh he's on the road uh he's doing like 20 miles a day um 
you know, he had an injury, mm-hmm. but has fought back through the injury and is, is back on out there. And I have proof he sent from Johnson City, City Texas, me a postcard. Um, That's awesome. Very, very cool. And he listens to Pace the Nation along the way. Well, he's got a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So he could probably listen to all episodes twice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'd recommend that, but... Um, yeah. So anyway, so Tom Griffin, a uh, friend of the show, uh, very cool that he is out there still getting it done uh, in Texas. I mean, to walk across the country, day, what was it? Day, it says day 147, day 117. He's only in Texas. I mean, I would think that would put him, Texas seems like West Coast to me still. Man. Yeah. I mean, it's the it's Southwest, long, right? Yeah. 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 That's true. It's a, it's just it's the point is it's a long way to yeah. get across the country. He's still got a lot left. <laughs> he's still got a lot left, but he's still grinding, getting it done. All right, Joanna, I did not tease this, um, but uh, you know I've made it my, um, and this is what I'm gonna we're gonna end the show on. I've made it my New Year's resolution every year to gamble a little bit more. Mm. Uh, something big happened this past week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was legislation that was passed that will allow sports gambling, not just in Nevada, but anywhere in the country. Uh, there, you know, these each individual state has to do their own like process of passing the legislation that well above my pay grade. But all I know is that there will be sports gambling very soon here and other places other than just uh, Nevada, Las Vegas. Uh, which is very cool. You, you're looking at me like it's probably not a good thing for me. It's probably not. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say in sports. And I game, would say that the that there was a Supreme Court ruling. Yes, okay, that so overturned can, yes. the 1992 decision. Yeah. So there, the doors are open. Right. But it doesn't necessarily mean that all states are going to adopt sports betting. That's that is that is true. Okay. So New Jersey, for example, has. Yes. Um, but that doesn't mean Virginia will. Right. Well, um, I was very excited that uh, yeah, that's true. But Maryland probably is close behind, and they're you know just across the bridge over there in Maryland at MGM. I'm sure that will happen. And really, uh, it's all going to be on the internet, right? So people are just going to start right. creating apps, and yeah. you'll just be betting through an app. Right. And, 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 and uh, you know, inevitably, you lose in sports gambling. I get it. So you know, um, bet with your head, not over it. I, I, I get it. I won't do that. But. I like that this is the one piece of legislation that you care about. <laughs> Paying attention to. Yeah. Docs would be roasting me right now. I'm glad he's not here for this uh, this portion of the show. Um, I did hear from Todd Furman, who's got his own podcast, Bet the Board Podcast. Uh, this was very exciting news to me. So New Jersey, as you mentioned, will be uh, one of the first states to uh, to, to be able to, to, to ado- adopt sports gambling. Uh, and... He said, Todd Furman, by June, the location in New Jersey where you might be able to see, uh, be able to place a sports bet, Monmouth Racetrack. Hmm. The location of the start of the New Jersey Marathon. How about that? So now the start will just be filled with degenerate gamblers. <laughs> I wonder if Fantastic. you can, <laughs> I wonder if you can like bet on the race. I wonder if there'll be you could, you know, start the race, you go to the like you know, you can't bet on individuals because you know that would 
because I could tell you, hey, I just bet a thousand dollars. Make sure you run slower than two hours. Or Have something you ever like seen that. the movie Rat Race? No. I think you should see the movie Rat Race. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll, I will take a note in this show. Uh, Rat Race. Okay. What? What is? What's the idea behind Rat Race? Gambling. Okay. All right. Well, Ga- gambling because you just can't stop gambling. Right. 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 Uh, well, Monmouth Racetrack, where we uh, put on, we spend uh, almost a week. Uh, every year up there uh, in in New Jersey in Monmouth County, uh, that's that's probably where the first uh, sports betting as soon as June, maybe the, even the NBA Finals. No wonder they were doing so much construction there, hmm. and they were uh, they were building it uh, to look like a palace versus what it kind of looks like right now. No offense to what it looks like right now, but um, do you think that this changes the integrity of sports at all? Uh, it's gr- it's a good question. Um, I think it's going to a lot more people will have access to betting and there's going to be a lot more ways for things to go awry or go south, like, you know, fixing games, stuff like that, because there is so much more access. Uh, so that does worry me a little bit, like the integrity of the games could be in question. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, you know, a little action on the Caps lightning game tonight would make it a little bit more interesting. Do you think that Atlantic City is coming back? I think Atlantic City could come back. Really? Yeah, I think, I don't so. think so. Well, you're the New Jersey expert here, uh, but I, you know, I, I, I uh, do think that it's great for these these states who um, are able to to uh, do sports betting. They're they're going to be able to see a, a windfall from this. And a place like Monmouth County, a place like New Jersey, uh, Atlantic City. I mean, it's it's going to be good for their economy. So good for them. Uh, I knew you wouldn't be as enthused as I was, but well, I mean, I would say that uh, it's still interesting to me that this is the the piece of legislation or politics that <laughs> that you yeah, know follow. anything yeah. about right now. Um, but what what's interesting about this case is it's really uh, it's more about states' rights than it is about anything else. Mm-hmm. So it's the classic battle between federal power and states' rights. So it's interesting that this is a win for states' rights in an interesting political climate that we're in that we don't have to dive into on this show. Yeah, I'm glad you know that because <laughs> yeah, that's that you well said. But yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. If only Docs were here. I think Docs would probably say, uh, name three other pieces of legislation that are currently on the table. Well, I'm glad he's not here to ask that. (laughs) All right, great show, Joanna. Episode 155 in the books. Uh, Thanks again to Ryan Hogan for joining us. He, of course, is the elite coordinator for the Pittsburgh Half and Marathon. He joined us today on Pace Nation. Docs, uh, you are back next week. We missed you. Not happy here in the studio. And Joanna, I'm disappointed. I must say that you didn't say anything about my one double nickel that was part of the show. I feel like it makes out that I'm a nickel and you're a dollar, so I don't like that. All right, that's Joanna Russo. And for William E. Docs, who's not here, I'm Chris Farley. This is Space Nation. We'll see you next week.
What'd you get your mom for Mother's Day? I sounded my voice over the phone. <laughs> Suzanne, I'm sure that was all you've ever hoped for. I like just saw her. Yeah, I know. I'm with you. Um, I'm like not really into. I'm with talked you. a bit. Not really into yeah. gifts, right? Yeah, and these manufactured holidays. I mean, come on. I mean, I guess it's it's good to acknowledge your mother, and you called her, and that's good. But come on. I think I uh, I don't need one day to pile all of my love for my exactly. mother together <laughs> exactly. because I appreciate her 365 days. Exactly. It's like some people don't talk to their moms 364 days, and they call their mom on Mother's Day and send them some flowers and maybe a new pair of running shoes, and you think that uh, that's going to get the job done. Come on. Well, and think of how you wanted to spend Father's Day, right? You didn't want <laughs> you didn't want James around. So really, it's the gift of well, not fathering. I think her. I wanted to go gambling and yeah, 